Welcome to the Nigel Lee Archive, brought to you by Living Leadership, where every fortnight we share with you a sermon from the late Nigel Lee to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Here's today's message. We're going to read a passage now uh, and just look at it briefly from the Old Testament, from the sixth of the books of the Old Testament, from the book of Joshua. Um, it will come up on, on the screen, but if you would like a copy of one of the church Bibles, we have a number um, around what, what we do in this church. You just put your hand up now, and uh, one will be put in your hand. Um, so if you'd like, hand up, and there's some coming. You keep your hand up to the right. You've got three or four, five needed down the front. So, thank you. It's on page 216 of our blue church Bible. Joshua chapter 1. Thanks, Grant. We're running out. Need some more. Page 216 is there. Otherwise, on the screen, Joshua chapter 1. And it goes like this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea, the Mediterranean, on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, never forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This reading from this chapter, the whole chapter of Joshua, it concerns um, one of those new beginning situations that you get from time to time um, in Scripture. A real turning point, a, a fresh start. So, of course, it's very suitable for um, a baptism day for those that we've just um, heard from. So, so clear in, in what they are wanting to say and, and believe. But actually, there are a host of other new beginning situations constantly in people's lives. And in, in my knowledge of many in the congregation here, uh, I can think of people facing new jobs, new babies, new. Um, Challenges in some way or other. There's a whole group here in the church. Let me tell the guests and, uh, and folks that are with us this morning. There's a group that are planning to become part of what we hope will grow into a new church uh, just a few miles away. There are some people who face responsibilities, new responsibilities in this church, or some have even newly joined the church. I can look around and see some that I know have only been with us in the last um, few months. There may even be some here who are seriously thinking about 
becoming Christians themselves in the kind of way that we have heard outlined for us. Massive new beginning with eternal consequences. In fact, the whole of life, actually, constantly offers us some chances of a new start in some way or other. And whenever they do, whenever we, we face that kind of a, a new beginning, it's always a good time. Take stop. Stand back. So ask myself, what have I been learning? How am I going to turn this corner or climb this new hill or go into this new community in a way that shows I have been learning from what I've been going through already? How can I do things better? Israel, children of Israel, had been wandering around in the desert of Arabia, a very unpleasant place to have been, very discouraging, but they'd been there for the previous 40 years, round and round in circles, endlessly grumbling, uh, never achieving very much, uh, and they were about to enter the land across this river, the land that God had promised to their great pioneering ancestors. We know the names, probably, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had wanted to give them this fertile, well-watered land a whole generation earlier. But they missed it by being cowards, basically, and through unbelief. And they'd gone back into the desert. But God has very kindly, graciously brought them around back to this river where they had been before and given them a second chance. Because he's like that. Our life goes that way sometimes. He's brought them back to this point that they had missed uh, all those years before. This chapter that we read now, or we read half of it, is all about the preparation of Joshua to be the leader of the people following the death of Moses, pioneering across the river and into this land that God was going to give them. We read nine verses, all except verse one, are God speaking to Joshua to reassure him, to direct him, to give him, as we're thinking in our title, the simple secret of being successful in what he is about to undertake. Now, the challenge facing Joshua was immense. It it was truly frightening. Let me mention four reasons why he had good cause to be trembling that day. Number one, Moses had been one of the greatest leaders of human beings, actually in the history of the world, leading a a migration of something around two and a half million people out from Egypt and into that uh, desert period. And Moses was dead. He'd been Joshua's mentor. He'd been the one that had stood up to the great pharaohs of Egypt and overcome them. He had actually stood in the presence of God, which had had such an extraordinary impact upon him. It had changed the very way he looked. And that man had just recently died, and Joshua now found himself on his own. Secondly, the children of Israel were notoriously difficult. They, they were, they had a long history of, of rebellion against Moses himself and Aaron and, and just a pattern of stubborn deafness to the voice of God year after year. It was going to be a very difficult job. Thirdly, the River Jordan, at this point, was in flood. It would have been a, a, a surging river at least, um, a hundred meters wide. A physical impossibility to get your children, your possessions, your goats, your sheep, your cattle across this river. And God says, I'm going to do it. And fourthly, 
just on the other side of this river stood the great city of Jericho, famous at this time. We're talking hundreds of years BC. A city of huge walls and battlements. You see, the problem was the promised land of Canaan was already occupied. And these men on the other side, they weren't waiting to welcome the Jews with garlands of flowers and, uh, you know, what kept you and were so pleased to... to no, they were standing there with drawn swords. They were giants, absolutely determined to resist this invasion. And then behind Jericho stood other cities. And there were then the other battles, other mountains to climb and so on. Facing this kind of a challenge, what happened is this. God quietly spoke to Joshua. That's what we need. Facing new jobs, new children, new challenges, new difficulties, maybe things in your health, big decisions that you, you have to make in your life. God speaking these words that we've just read, which we're going to unpick for just a few minutes, made all the difference uh, between what God wanted to give them and then just merely drifting back into the wilderness as they had done before. God spoke to Joshua two promises. I'm going to do these two things for you. And two instructions. I want you to do this and this. First of all, God, God's two unbreakable promises. God said to Joshua, look Joshua, if you trust me, truly, trust me enough to do what I say, you will receive what I have been promising to Israel for generations. I will give it to you. You're the man. It's going to come to you in your time. That's in verses 3 and 4. And the second thing that he promises in verse 5, you can always rely on my presence. Now, standing on the brink of any undertaking in life, or uh, let me say specifically to those that are getting baptized, um, you will go up the steps, <laughs> you will look down into that water. It's just, it's not, it, we didn't get it from Jordan, you know, it's seven strength water. Normal stuff. Slightly heated. But not very much. We want them to be disciples. Just a small little picture of probably many times in their life when they will face new things as, as we do. You look down, you know that God will promise. He will keep his promises and he promises to be with you forever. That is proof. I found it. When I got baptized at the age of 19, um, Absolutely true, all these many, many years. God had said many times in the past that he was going to give this land. Actually, before this book of Joshua, the sixth book in the Bible, before it begins, God had said 78 times that he was going to give this whole land to his people. And then he says it another 22 times in the actual book of Joshua. That's a hundred times God says the same thing. You think he needs it? I'm going to give it to you. There are actually two killer conditions, I think, um, for a Christian or someone who is uh, seeking to know the Lord and, and follow the Lord. Number one, no real sense of direction or purpose in your life. No clarity about what is my mission at the moment. And secondly, and this goes along with the first, no real sense or a loss of a sense of the adequate resources that you have in Jesus Christ, in his presence and his promises and so on, that you can draw all the time. 
It is the inner heart of Christianity. And if you lose that sense of what is my purpose, and you lose that sense of how Christ has got actually all that you need, you're in trouble. So the Lord strengthens Joshua's heart. He says, I'm going to give you what's been promised, and I'm going to be at your side, whatever. So facing tiredness, or facing enemies, or facing discouragement, or feeling a bit lost. Remember what he has said, and then rely on the fact that he's going to be with you. And then God gave Joshua these two commands. He says, I want you to be strong and courageous, Joshua. Actually, he says it, did you notice, a number of times. We read three times in verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, and then at the end of the chapter, all the people say exactly the same to Joshua. So it comes four times in the same chapter. Be strong and be very courageous. If you're going to trust in me, don't be timid about it. Don't be nervous and afraid and frightened and always aiming at very small things. If you're going to be one of those that trusts me, takes my promises seriously, then be strong and courageous. Don't settle for an easy life. Don't give in to discouragement. Don't quit. You have a big God, so trust him. Be strong and courageous. And then comes the thing that if I was to say I want to underline this morning more than anything else. This is so important. This is where we fall down. The second instruction to this. Joshua, I want you to make it a practice, a habit in your life to listen very, very carefully all the time, regularly, to God's word. Because that actually is where your strength, uh, your courage, will come from. I was pleased to hear um, from those that are speaking, again and again, different passages of, of the Bible. Even from some quite obscure places. Chris, who spoke to us last, God spoke to him out of a verse of Daniel. There's Nathan quoting um, from um, Ephesians. We heard from, from the Psalms. You see, this is being modelled in front of you. God speaks through his word. We are commanded to face what's coming with strength and courage. But that is rooted in just doing over and listening to and reading and thinking about God's word. It's often true of us that we get into new ventures, some new job or some new challenge, and we get excited about it, and we get in there, and then we stop listening to his promises, and we forget to feed on his word, and then we gradually lose our strength. God said to Joshua, look, I know you're going to face battles. You've got people to lead. You will have disputes to settle. You've got your own family to look after and raise. The key to doing all this effectively, successfully, is the word that the Bible uses here, is putting God's word first. And if we let jobs and struggles and family and these very things actually push God's word to the margin, that's what happens. The things that we face get in the way of listening to God who promises to lead us through and make us, in the words here, prosperous and, and successful. We find that the very thing that we're aiming at slips from our grasp because we've forgotten to Walk it with the Lord and listen to him. So, says the Lord, I want you to keep my word in your mouth. Did you notice that? In your mouth, reading it aloud, talking about it, teaching it perhaps to others if opportunities arise. Keep it in your mind, meditating on it, focusing, applying. Keep it in your actions. So the Lord isn't wanting more hearers of his word, but doers. 
Now, the result of anchoring our faith to God's promises and keeping his commands is, well, he says here, well-being and well-doing. What the passage called prosperity and success. Well-being and well-doing. Those about to be baptized are looking forward to the rest of Christian life from this point on. Let me summarize all this by words that uh, when Mike asked how many of you became Christians before you were 18, my hand was one of those up because I was quite young when I became a Christian. And one of the little songs that we used to sing, this is years ago, this is in the 1890s, quite an old song. Uh, it, 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 trust and obey. Trust and obey. Some of you will remember, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than trust and obey. I mean, I learned good theology when I was a kid. That's true. We don't sing it now. But it is still true. And it is the simplest summary of the Christian life. Jesus Christ is trustworthy. You may get to know him and trust him. And then to live from then on, obey him. All of us facing challenges in life. Take time in his presence and fill your mind with his word. There may be some here who um, haven't even yet become Christian. You haven't done yet what these guys are telling you they have done at a certain point. Ask Christ to come into life. The whole of the Christian life. Trusting him. Trustworthy. And obeying him. If you haven't done it, can I ask you to do a very simple thing? It's going to be chaos in a minute because Mike's going to uh, push us out and we're going to get baptized and I hope we get decent you know, look and it's not raining, praise the Lord. Somewhere in all this, afterwards, maybe over coffee, We'll come back in and have coffee and drink. Perhaps take an opportunity to ask another Christian about how you could begin to trust and obey the Lord. Ask them how perhaps they became a child of God and how you can do the same, how you can learn to grow in, in relationship. Maybe you came with someone. Ask them if you think they know. If you get any problems with them, come and ask me. I'll talk to both of you. Or there will be people wrapped around with badges on, the prayer teeth. There, in order to, to help you. Um, there's a, a place called the welcome desk. Go and ask there. <laughs> what would be really fun would be to go and ask for, um, who just got baptized. Um, because they'll tell you. They're up for it. They can get changed first. But ask them, how could I become a Christian? Because it is the most important issue really today. So let me summarize and come to an end. It's a new beginning situation. And if I was to give you a kind of takeaway summary from this, it would be on three F's. You need faith in your heart, food in your mind, and you're all wondering now, what's the next one? A fighting spirit as you prepare for the future. This was what the Lord was imparting to Joshua as he was facing the challenges ahead. I believe it was actually Jesus Christ that came to him and spoke to him long before Christ actually came and was born physically and became our saviour. There's clear evidence to believe that it was, as the theologians would say, the pre-incarnate God, Jesus himself, coming. And Joshua went on to accomplish what Moses never had done. Strong and courageous. Trusting and obeying. And the Lord went with him as he is 
anxious to do with all of us from this day forward. I'm going to pray, and then Mike is going to direct the traffic. God, our Father, we thank you that you never change. We've begun with huge words from the book of Job and those pictures. We thought of these young lives in 2005, and your word is true from centuries ago and to this day. Help us to trust and obey. Lord, draw near to us, too, as well as to those that make their public confession of faith. We, too, might step forward in our journey as we reflect on your love and your presence, your truth, and most of all, your salvation in our lives today. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. The Nigel Lee Archive is brought to you as a podcast by Living Leadership. For more information on the Nigel Lee Archive or Living Leadership's other ministries, please visit www.livingleadership.org. God bless.